What's up, sports fans? It is another edition of the DC Sports Huddle, and it is brought to you by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bets MGM Sports. Uh, no Dave Johnson today. I am Rob Woodfork at the controls alongside the usual cast of characters, George Wallace and Dave Preston. Now, uh, we came here today to talk about the commander's OTAs. You got Carson Wentz finally talking after they punted that for three weeks. I came on here fully expecting to rant about why in the world would you continue to keep postponing the one guy that everybody wants to talk to. And then Jack Del Rio happened. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I, let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it, why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every, way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. I love my guys. I respect my guys. Uh, but I also love the fact that I'm an American, and that means I'm free to express myself, and I'm not afraid to do that. So now I'm going to rant. This man really got in front of a microphone today and referred to January the 6th as a dust-up. And I wonder if he also thinks that the Civil War was a minor altercation over states' rights, because that's about what you just said. People died at the Capitol that day. That's not something that's a dust-up. This wasn't the malice at the palace. This wasn't a scuffle at a joint practice during training camp. People died. And to conflate that with the riots of uh, George Floyd in the aftermath of the George Floyd murder, it's bullshit. I'm just going to say the word. It's bullshit. And I'll edit it out later. But You don't have to edit it. I'm probably not, if I'm being real. I'm legitimately speechless that a man would was steeped in that much privilege would get up there and do that. And the one thing, the one thing that I think that he said that was correct is that there's a double standard because he got up there, said what he said. And all of this is on WTOP.com. I don't feel like rehashing it. And George, if you want to, you know, reset us with what exactly he said, we can, but not only did he do that, but then he walks right into the locker room just with all the confidence in the world that he's going to address these men and they're still going to respect him the same. Meanwhile, Colin Kaepernick, still without a job, going on five, going on six years. And, you know, the whole stick to sports crowd, where, where, where's the argument there? And I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Del Rio is a member of that crowd, the whole stick to sports thing. Where's the stick in the sports today? And uh, I mean, it's just it, it, it's mind numbing to me 
that especially in Washington, D.C., in the very shadow of where this travesty occurred, that he would have this kind of take. And we've all seen his tweets. We've all seen the stuff that he retweets and likes and all of that. And we know which we, we know how he stands on certain issues. I'll put it that way. But. I mean, what 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 happened today was just an, it was an absolute travesty. And, uh, I, and, and the thing that's frustrating is there's not going to be any consequences for it. You know, I mean, they're not going to fire him over it. And I'm, and I'm not even advocating that they should. But this was an absolute embarrassment for a franchise that can't afford it. They are already neck deep <laughs> in controversy. And then you have your defensive coordinator who's supposed to be a leader of uh, sidebar. If we're talking about sports, the leader of the most disappointing units of the 2021 season, that defense was supposed to be great. We had defensive ends talking about how they were going to set sack records. That didn't really happen, did it? So, you know, again, the what about and the whole distracting from one thing, we need to get to the root of what happened on January 6th, period, end of story. And if you don't have anything to hide, you shouldn't have a problem with it, period. So, you know, again, we came here to talk about football and, you know, I, I just needed to get that off my chest because that I, I've, I've been stewing all day. You guys know I'm usually in a bad mood, but this was really this was really something. Uh, Dave, did you have a take on this? Well, you know, it's interesting how there are many fans of a certain age in the Washington, D.C. area who grew up Cowboys fans, even though you had the burgundy and gold and they owned the city. But there was a reason why a lot of these fans who lived in Anacostia and in Southeastern and Southwest African-American fans uh, who grew up in the within shouting distance of Griffith Stadium, D.C. Stadium and then RFK, why they grew up Cowboys fans. George Preston Marshall was the last uh, owner in the NFL to integrate. And that was at a time when the Cowboys were one of a handful of teams that were early to the party of bringing in African-American part, uh, players from HBCUs, Pittsburgh, uh, the Dolphins. I want to say the Raiders were, were, th- were other teams in the mix. But here was a team that came into Washington twice a year. They were an integrated roster. Were, were the Cowboys of Tom Landry the perfectly integrated roster? Was, that, was everything absolutely perfect there? No, but they were it was definitely a lot more of a fair situation than what they saw in Washington, D.C., where it took basically it took you know, federal intervention for George Preston Marshall to integrate the roster. And you had a whole generation of African-American fans swear that, you know what, I don't care how good this team is. I don't care how many Super Bowls they win. I don't care how many people in this town hate the Cowboys. They're my team, and I hate the burgundy and gold. And this is another, I, I with every word that Jack Del Rio said today, I heard more, uh, I, I, you just heard people turn off the burgundy and gold. Maybe people on the fence, maybe people have been upset with how things have happened over the last 20 years. Uh, maybe people who heard stories from their parents or uncles uh, saying, hey, wow, you know, this team has a shady past. And all of a sudden they're confronted with it again. So uh, it's it's from someone who covers these games. It's a shame that this is taking all uh, up all of the oxygen because we wanted to hear how Carson Wentz was doing with his new teammates, with his new players. We wanted to hear from Jack Del Rio 
was this unit going to be less of an embarrassment mm-hmm. was last year. Instead of that, we're hearing him talk about January 6th, that for those of us who work in the city, for those of us who were on the air that day, we know that it was more than just a dust up. Or if it was then yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. People and died. yeah. Yeah, a, and, a, and, uh, a, a federal government building was stormed for the first time since the War of 1812. You know, a long time. You know, in the Civil War, there was uh, the Confederate flag did not reach the Capitol from 1861 to 1865. It did reach there on January 6th, 2021. So this is completely hijacking the narrative instead of talking about, hey, commanders, it's a new world. It's it's morning again in Ashburn. No, it's the same. It's the same foolishness under a different name. And for those listening who don't see the tie between what Del Rio said and the racial component that Dave was just outlining, uh, I I need you to join me in reality because there is racial undertones to all of that. The reason why he doesn't see it as a big deal is because people of color were not perpetrating that breach on the Capitol, plain and simple. And that's the thing that we have said as uh, as a community, especially amongst, uh, you know, black folks. If if that was a mob of black people coming up on the Capitol, they'd have been shot on sight. That's just that. That's just the fact of the matter. That's the the, the record that has been set uh, by this country over the course of the last 400 years. So there is a racial component there. And then he's going to go into a locker room full of African-American men, and he's going to then uh, demand their respect, even though he has, it, it for all intents and purposes, said, y'all don't matter to me. You know, so that's that, that's the uh, that's the issue. And just uh, uh, in parenthetically, just briefly touching on the whole Cowboys fans in the area. That's a cop out. OK, it always has been. And uh, and I'm not saying that toward you, Dave, but I mean, I'm talking about these fans who are like, oh, like uh, for, I don't like Washington for civil rights reasons. That's valid. But why Dallas? Dallas has never had a black head coach. Dallas has never had a black GM. The whole damn organization now's last name is Jones. So, I mean, I don't understand why that team was the one that everybody chose. If you want to root for a team for uh, social reasons, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've been at the helm of it. I mean, the, 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 um, the mandate for diversity is named after their owner. And they had black quarterbacks before that was cool, Cordell Stewart and all these guys. Um, the, uh, the Raiders, the Raiders for, basically since their inception have been at the front of the line as it pertains to, I mean, they had a woman in their front office. They had a black head coach before anybody even thought that that was even possible. So root for those teams. If you're going to, if you're going to hate on Washington, rooting for their direct rival is just being petty. But well, I, and, and, and just to address that, Rob, I, I think yeah. the reason why the, the people chose Dallas was that here, here was a chance to root for a team that was in the early to mid sixties. And even before, yeah, they were good before Vince Lombardi got here. They were coming in and they were beating your team. Every they were beating the the local team that was not integrating every yeah. single year. So I, I, I think you know times have changed. It's no longer 1965. It's no longer 1985. But I think that was that started the momentum, so to speak. No, I get that. I get that. Is that that's it's it's really a slap at those Dallas fans that grew up in D.C. can't find Texas on a map, but out here sporting that stupid star on their heads. That's that 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 has driven me crazy 
for full on decades. Now, um, I, I think we've kind of set our piece on the uh, on the impact and 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 what really uh, Del Rio was saying. So, I mean, let's shift over to the football aspect of this, George. Uh, you were there in Ashburn today. Um, how do you think that this is going to affect the locker room? Because as I said, I mean, you have this white coach who stood up in, and basically said, ah, January 6th, NBD. And now he's going to go in front of a, uh, a, you know, in front of a locker room full of black players and command that respect. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the thing that just no pun really... intended with the command thing, by the way. Yeah. I mean, there's, look, there's been a this, few of those jokes going around today. <laughs> this team does not need any, uh, anything else other than football right now. I mean, they can't, it, they can't get out of their own way. Jack Del Rio, just don't, don't tweet anything. Look, you are a, in a position, you are a coach. Okay. I don't, you can have your opinions, whatever you want you, but you have to re- think about what the consequences are going to be. Why even put anything out there? I mean, I just don't get it. Sometimes these guys think about it. now, as far as the players are concerned, players are taking the high road right now. They've had no reaction to it. Kendall Fuller, even was read the tweet and he goes, look, I don't have a reaction to it. If I do, I'll take it up with him. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera said, whatever I talk about with my coaches, I am not going to tell you guys. Well, I'll be honest, Ron needs to address it. Okay. Because now it's taken a different tone uh, after Del Rio. Look, he was asked to address, address his comments. He did it. Okay. He says, look, anybody wants to have a conversation about it. I have my opinion. I'm happy to sit down and have a conversation about it. Both sides. If he left it at that, fine. We move right. on. Right, <clears throat> but then he doubled down on it, and that's where that's 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 the bigger issue. And but as far as players, you, go ahead. No, I was going to say I'll give you I'll give you the the Ron Rivera. You and I were talking about the Ron Rivera uh, aspect of this. Yeah, he needs to get, and I'm just going to say he needs to get in Del Rio's ass for that, no yeah. doubt. Whether it happens publicly or you know or <laughs> or in the locker room or what have you, uh, but I, I will give. Uh, Rivera, this one very slight benefit of the doubt, and that is when he first took this job and there was all the controversy swirling around, Washington needs to change this name, this is problematic, and he said in an interview in Chicago, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that in time. And then the next week came the announcement that they were ditching the name, they were going to the Washington football team, and the rest is history. So maybe he knows something that he's not sharing yet as he did in that particular circumstance. Um, I hope I'm right. <laughs> but he also, he I also tend not spoke, to believe the best of this team. He spoke before the Jack Del Rio did right. today. So he was going on the initial comments, uh, initial tweet from yesterday. And then we had Del Rio speak and then the dust up comment, things like that. Um, so we'll see. I'm sure that's an important com- uh, component of that. Oh, hundred. Uh, yeah. That that is that is the as far as I'm concerned, that is the component today. Yeah. Right. Um, but as far as players are concerned, look, they've heard about it. They distance themselves from it. If they have an issue with them, they'll take it up. And Del Rio has mentioned it multiple. He said it today. He goes, if anybody has any problems with anything I say, come and talk. Please come and talk to me. He says we're adults. Whatever. Okay. But adults don't really do tweet that kind of stuff. As far as I'm Thanks. concerned, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and, and then his, his tweet from his tweet from last week, the D's nuts thing, these bite D's <laughs> the tweet. Okay. That, that, that's not, that's not a, that's not an NFL coach tweet. Like just, just don't do it. But there's a certain Worry about segment. fixing the defense that went from here to here last year. 
There, there's then, a certain you know, segment that does that resorts to that. They get real childish when somebody says some stuff that they don't agree with. And then when they say something that's controversial, then it's, oh, I just, I want everybody to be, you know, come on, come on. You know what you're doing. You're right. And, and, and let me make this statement real quick for people who feel like this is going a certain way. I don't have problem with Republicans. Never have, never will. What I have a problem with is people who perpetrate their um, or push their uh, opinion as fact and who are given facts, actual facts, and then try to dream up conspiracy theories around why it can't possibly be true because it doesn't fit into their worldview. That's who I have a problem with. How you vote is your business. My problem is right now in society, there's a very right and there's a very wrong. I need you to not be wrong. <laughs> that's, that's all anybody's asking for in today's society. Now, um, and can, but, but, but can't Ron Rivera just have a, a, a normal, quiet off season where he's not dealing with right. a coordinator he, or, or yeah, I mean, or he's had to put out a lot you know, of investigations it, or this. It's like and there's it, no textbook that prepares you for being a head coach in the climate that he has been in since taking over in right. 2020. I'm sorry. From And that's where he needs to get to. That's where he needs to get to Jack. Like, look, yeah. we need to, that, that is, that is the bigger thing here. Like, just, just shut up. Just don't say right. a word. I don't care about your opinion. You can have them all you want. Don't put it out on social media. Just don't do anything about it. Just leave it. Now Ron's going to have to address it. And he's going to have to take questions on it. So instead of us talking about on the field and what's, who's looking good at OTAs, even though they're in shorts and, and whatever, we're talking about this, and that is the that is the seems to be every single time with this organization. They don't need any of this right now. And as far as I'm concerned, as far as the okay, the, the sports aspect of it, we're talking about the sports aspect of it. Look, if players aren't coming out to us publicly and saying, I'm never gonna play for this guy again, this, 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 then as far as you know, as far as what we're talking about sports-wise, we have to focus on that part. Until the players do in my world come out, then we go further and, and, you know, behind the scenes off the record, sure. They're pissed off. I'm sure they are. But at the same time, how far will that go? If they start boycotting meeting rooms and this and that, then, you know, then, then we have a whole nother issue right now. So as far as on the field things, players are saying right now, if they have an issue with the coach, they will take it up with him. They are not coming to the media with that. You know, we miss in a situation like this. Landon Collins, who would have been all over this. Josh Norman. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Josh Norman. We'd had an hour long conversation. <laughs> we, our biggest problem would be trying to cut his bites. Yes. Into something small enough to play yes. on air. No, yes. but, and, and here's the thing. And this is what drives me crazy about this is that football coaches and, and the NFL in particular have, the, has this like militaristic, like we can't have distractions. We have to be focused. We can't have yeah. distractions. And it's the whole reason allegedly that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job in the NFL. He would be a distraction. He would be the, what, what is this? <laughs> What's what is this that uh, Del Rio did right now? Jahan Dodson, their first round pick is the talk of, yeah. uh, of, of camp. camp. He's been falling yeah. out of his mind and he's uh, a hell of a few weeks. We yeah. haven't even referenced it. We're what uh, t- t- almost 20 minutes into this, into the show. We're just now only 20. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like an hour. <laughs> But we're we're this deep in and we're just now talking about it. And that should be like what we're talking about. Is this guy the new big thing? Is he going to be replacing Terry McLaurin? We're not talking. We're not talking about that. 
We're talking about a guy who is downplaying one of the biggest travesties to happen in American history. So, I mean, that's again, well, let's talk about that. Not good. Yes. <laughs> How's that for a segue? Huh? I, can... I will say this. Every player that we've talked to has mentioned uh, a couple things. We talked on it last week, the, the Carson Wentz and how quickly he's kind of picked up this offense. And uh, Ron Rivera said today, he's very impressed with, and you heard coaches say this a lot. You think it's maybe not a big deal sometimes from the outside, but we heard, we've heard coaches say they're very impressed with the way the uh, quarterbacks and, and the, you know, the command part, take command of the huddle and call plays. And you would think, okay, it's not a big deal, but with you've, you've, you've seen some of these coaches mic'd up these plays in the NFL it's a big deal. And they, and Ron Rivera is making a, making a point of saying that again today and defensive players, Kendall Fuller has mentioned today that how Carson Wentz, what they've noticed is how smart he is. And even on um, he will come to defensive guys and say, what did you see on that coverage? Why did you go here? Why did you see this? What'd you see from me? So that, I mean, that to me says a lot, you don't hear that a lot from players talking about how quarterbacks will come to the other side of the ball. Uh, talking about Carson Wentz and then John Dotson about how much of a beast he has been uh, in camp so far in the relationship with Carson Wentz, uh, how quick he is, how he, he runs routes. Uh, so that's been a positive thing to hear of guys talking about signaling him out. Of course, Terry McLaurin's not here, so he's picking up some of it, but it's, it's, it's fans are going to like to hear that part heading into to camp and how quickly Dotson has become familiar with this offense and relationship with the quarterback. Cause that's look, let's face it. If he can be a weapon on this team uh, offensively, it's going to be huge. And that's the thing. I you never know, have a problem with them selecting him. It's just that the way that they went yeah. about doing it is what felt sloppy. And it felt like they could have gotten an impact player at 11 and still been able to get Dotson, uh, uh, you know, maybe even trading back. Yeah. Getting maybe trading back into maybe using the second round pick and packaging another to move up to the end of the first round and be able to get him. You know what I'm saying? Like this, it, 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 it wasn't the fact that they picked him. It was the fact that they took him as high as they did. Uh, what were you going to say, Dave? George, now, now there, there, there was contact at practice. Didn't uh, uh, Deami Brown get uh, his uh, all wrong? Oh, he did. Jeremy Reeves oh, yeah. over the middle uh, and, and just kind of tattooed him. And Ron Rivera uh, just laid into his team. We can't use the language that he used. Uh, he went after him big time uh, and the loudest has ever heard Rivera. And then Reeves, he, he said afterwards, he says, it's about discipline. He said, look, it's um, you don't want that kind of stuff, especially out at OTAs. Okay. Because you pull up, Rivera made a good point. He goes, you pull up at the end there. He says, the coach is watching the film. He goes, we know you were there. You know, you know, you can make a play on it. You don't have to go all out. He said, he used an example late in the game. What if it's two minutes left in the game? We're driving. Somebody pokes you in the eye. Are you going to react? They're going to cost us a game, things like that. So he said it's more of a, a learning thing and being disciplined. He said to Jeremy Reeves afterwards, because basically he got, he laid into him too. He says, you're better than this. You don't have to do it. Reeves said, he talked to him. He says, yes, sir. I got you. It won't happen again. Uh, but uh, yeah, Rivera not happy with that because now again, coaches had to go back and watch the tape. What if Deami Brown ran the, ran the route? One yard too short, two yards too fast, you know, and Reeves was in the right spot. So we'll see about that afterwards. But, yeah, he uh, pulled the team together, uh, yelled at the two people that were involved, and then pulled the entire team together, dropped a few F-bombs, and we moved on. That's how it was supposed to be. Exactly. <laughs> Guy with a military uh, background. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Reeves, Reeves, was, Reeves was funny, too. He says, look, he's a former player, too. That's never going to leave you, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't. I, yeah, you, I mean, you can't beat up your own guys. I mean, injuries have been a problem for this team for the last several seasons, yes. and so you you get a, a a necessary player, and not that nobody's you know not that anybody's expendable, but you know if you get a player that you're relying on for this season. Uh, knocked out in OTAs just over some overzealousness. I mean, that's yep. that that that's how you get your seasons uh, uh, on uh, sort of unravel. Um, uh, briefly before we uh, break the huddle here, uh, NBA Finals. Uh, as of this taping, uh, Game Three has not yet tipped off. The season, uh, the series is even at a game apiece. Uh, uh, first of all, guys, do we are are we coming off of our predictions? It's still very early in the ser- in the series. I would imagine the answer is no, but uh, I have two keys for the series real quick. Number one, for the Golden State Warriors, uh, you guys got to get Klay uh, Thompson back on track because it, w- without his scoring, I mean, that's going to be a big, big uh, issue in this series if you can't get him right. And he told the media he's been watching old highlights of himself trying to get his uh, uh, mojo back. So we'll see in game three. And, uh, and going forward, if that's the case for Boston, yo, y'all need to show up at a halftime. I mean, they've been outscored. Uh, I, and I don't, I don't remember the exact number. I think it's like 73 to like 39 in the third quarter in this series. So um, it's not good. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And it's been the difference in the series. And quite frankly, they're lucky they're not down 0-2 because if they didn't have that historically great fourth quarter, then this would be a very different series. We'd be talking about a sweep. So they need to get the, those two things right there. Whoever uh, fixes that first is probably going to win the series. I still have the Warriors in six. Uh, what about you, George? Yeah, I do too. But the thing is, Draymond Green's got he's, he's got to He's got to stop. He's got to stop. He cost the team. You could argue he cost them a championship against Cleveland a couple of years ago when he was suspended for that game five. I think it was five. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you, it's got lucky the other day. Now, now I didn't think that other one war- warranted an yeah. ejection. I, I get that. It wouldn't. I don't think it did. But everybody's watching Draymond Green, and he just you can't. If I'm Steve Kerr, you have to pull him aside. You have to just tell him yeah. that you have. And you, and I get it. You don't want to take his aggressive. That's the way he plays. But you have to have a balance there at some point. It's like Dennis Rodman, right? You don't want to take his him being Dennis away from him. But Dennis, you know, came back to earth a little bit, and he was a big part of those championship teams. For me, Draymond Green's got to he's got to kill it. He's got to cool it. And the other th- the other part of that is uh, Game Three is supposed to be Scott Foster uh, officiating that. Yeah, and he's one of those no BS referees. So uh, that's that's definitely going to be something to watch in game three. And uh, they usually put him in a uh, early game situation so that he's available to referee a game later Later. in the series. So if we see him again in like a game six, if necessary, things could be uh, things could be very interesting. Uh, Dave, who's got a vested interest in this series. You know what? I grew up in uh, Bedford, New Hampshire, an hour north of Boston. We are going all in on the. I knew it. Yes, I knew he was getting the Warriors last I knew week. it. But then I listened to my wisdom. Jerry Brown is not coming through that door anytime soon as governor of California. The Celtics are wicked awesome, and they're going to win both games in Beantown. And oh my goodness, I'm really excited. Wicked awesome. All right, for Can those you of you, him? for Can those you of you listening him? to this on the podcast, uh-huh. uh, my guy just put on a Celtics hat that probably predates. Uh, Larry Bird getting drafted by the team. No, 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 no. no. It, it's it's, it's, together. it's, it's, uh, it's uh, like 85. Okay. All right. Well, 
84-85. And it's, some, it's, some, it's of our viewers are, some of our viewers are younger than that hat, just yeah. to put that in perspective. All right, so nobody's coming off of their series predictions is, uh, is what I'm gathering. So I think we've done enough damage here today. This has been another edition of the DC Sports Huddle, and it is presented to you by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. I am Rob Woodfork signing off for Dave Preston and George Wallace. May I audible real quick before? Oh, audible. Go ahead. Audible at the line. Of already read the Steven Strasburg pitches Thursday in the series finale against the Marlins. This is, you know, if he's able to come back and provide quality innings for this team, five, six innings, what have you, that is going to be absolutely huge. They've had to go the first two, almost three months with basically pitching these number six and number seven pitchers in the rotation because they haven't had Joe Ross. He's done for the year. That's a sunken cost. Getting Strasburg back is going to be huge. I'm not going to say that they're going to find their way back to 500, but it's going to salvage what could be an absolute disaster of a season if they're able to get him back and moving forward, he's able to contribute for the remainder of his seven-year contract. I wouldn't say number six and number seven pitchers. I would say number two pitchers, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Yoan Adon needs to be back in the minors, man. I mean, it is, it, it's painful to, to watch him. And I think he's going to be a good player, but I don't want them to ruin his confidence by continuing to throw him out there to the wolves uh, every five days. They need to get him down to the minors. They need to get him right, get his timing right, and, and, and get him good because I think he could be a good player if, uh, if, if they stop killing his confidence right now. Um, all right. Another great edition of the DC Sports Huddle. I already read the sponsorship, so Rob Woodfork signing off alongside George Wallace and Dave Preston who is uh, chomping at the bit to help me break this huddle. At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense with personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care? That's a job for Jiffy.